From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we're on Forum for the Fans, Bleed Blue Show, 2022 NBA playoffs, first round action, and uh, right now in the midst of this episode, uh, trust me, it, I am not trying to be on here longer than I need to. I feel like I had to voice my opinion on some of these first round games. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations to Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, second guard to do it since the glove, Gary Payton. You know, I actually, that's one of the awards within the NBA I actually still respect. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, a lot of these awards, uh, the MVPs are okay, but the defensive player year, especially in the league where you can't really play much defense without getting calls to fouls or technicals and stuff like that, man. Congratulations to Marcus Smart, especially as a guard doing that, man. Um, this is a pretty good game thus far, game number two, Nets and Celtics. And, uh, you know, off to a good start as far as uh, Bruce Brown, uh, fast break, knocking down jumpers. Uh, and what a finish that was on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was that, that game one on Sunday with the layup, the spinoff uh, by Tatum to lay it in at the buzzer. Uh, off of a Marcus Sp- uh, Smart pass who had made a great decision. Uh, this is a hell of a series, man. This is probably the best series of the first round. Uh, obviously, because the, the reason why they're in, these two teams are in this position was because of Brooklyn and what they were going through with the vaccination status of Kyrie Irving. Uh, had he played more games, of course, they probably would have been a higher seed. But Boston went into the division, and the parity as far as Kyrie Irving playing against his former team, uh, him getting fined $50,000 for flipping off the Boston fans, I have no problem with that, Kyrie Irving. Thank you very much, brother, on that. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Kevin Durant had a, a bad game number one, or maybe not to his standards, not a dominant Kevin Durant type of game. Probably expect more out of him as the series goes. Uh, but, yeah, this is definitely the more compelling first-round series of uh, the NBA uh, 2022 playoffs. And, you know, they didn't seem like they missed Robert Williams. I thought it, I think as the series will, will go on, I think this will probably play in the Brooklyn's hands when it comes to that. Tyson, Al Horford has done enough to get the job done, but there's certain things when it comes to amount of possessions and usage and defensively in the interior that Robert Williams with his shot blocking ability because of his athletic uh, uh, his athleticism. There's things like that that could change the shots and the way you attack the goal that Brooklyn doesn't necessarily have to worry about going to the paint, worrying about that shot blocker. Uh, but they've done a good job with Tyson Al Harford to get the job done thus far, man. Um, so we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, the rest of this uh, this game, uh, by the time this game is over, who knows who's going to win. Uh, be back in a week and we'll definitely discuss it. Uh, Brooklyn's been controlling the pace. Uh, got off to a very good start with, with Bruce Brown, what, what, seven, nine, nothing uh, to start the game. And it's been kind of holding up, eight, ten, fluctuating right now in the second quarter. Uh, this, I, I really want to jump to another um, another uh, team that we don't necessarily talk about unless we played them 
uh, twice a year, and that is the New Orleans, Pel- uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And uh, we got to give them props, especially how they handled the playing game situation versus the Clippers. Because I'll be honest, I thought the Clippers had that game. I didn't finish watching the game. I had to go back and rewatch it and see what happened. And Brandon Ingram was a monster in that in that uh, to win that playing game in L.A. Uh, so they clinched the eighth seed and they play in Phoenix. But let me go back to that particular game, man. Um, they, uh, you know, first of all, they got past the Spurs. Knew that was going to happen. That was no no brainer there. But to be down double digits like that to the uh, Clippers and the Clippers who. It's usually with them this season. They've had the big leads or big deficits, and they overcome and won those games. They blew that game. Um, Paul George shot well, but Brandon Ingram could have been stopped. And C.J. McCollum has been a nice addition since the trade. Uh, give him a second scoring option. And, you know, he's kind of comfortable in that role since playing behind Damian Lillard. But Brandon Ingram, man, I mean, this is his time to really do his thing because everybody looks at the Pelicans as if it's Zion Williamson's team because he's the marquee number one overall draft pick. But let's not forget, Brandon Ingram's a he's no slouch either. He's a top three pick in this NBA, and he fits the prototype NBA player of today because of his length. He's kind of like almost like a a, a, a poor man. I wouldn't even call it a poor man's, but a, 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 a off copy. Of a, of a Kevin Durant as far as length, pull-up game, uh, body type, uh, the mid-range, the long, the deep, uh, you know, shooting the ball from the perimeter. He's kind of got a Kevin Durant type of game. He's always had that, but he's always been on bad teams, the Lakers, uh, coming over to the New Orleans Pelicans. So you don't really see him on national television a lot. You don't see him play too many games. But, man, he had a monster game number two. And I'll be honest, I'm going to keep it a buck. Didn't watch uh, that second half of that game because I went to sleep. You know, yesterday I was finished watching the Rangers do what they do, and we had our post game. And after that, you know, it was night-night, good night. But I thought Phoenix was going to be up 2 nothing. I, I mean, that's what I assumed as the best team in the, in, in the NBA. Little did I know that the monster half uh, Devin Booker had, um, you know, it was like 31 points. He was on fire. That's all, man. There's no way New Orleans is winning this game. No way. He had a hammy injury, hammy uh, uh, hamstring injury, Devin Booker, and kept him out for the rest of not only game number two, but possibly the games that they go back to New Orleans. Now, this actually changes damn near everything, because without Devin Booker, the Phoenix Suns are vulnerable. That means the. the Devin Booker was the best player, probably. I mean, it's, it's, that's actually debatable. You know, Devin Booker or, or Brandon Ingram, who's the better player? You know, I think most people will probably will say it's not. It, I, I think it is close, man. I, I mean, I probably could make a case for either or. Devin Booker probably would probably by a split hair. Most people will say he's probably the better player. Uh, than Brandon Ingram, but Brandon Ingram is no slouch at all. He's clear cut the best player on the court now. That now that uh, Devin Book is no longer there because of the, the hamstring injury, so Phoenix has got to deal with that. Now, where are they going to make up the scoring? They can't. They have that as far as Bridges is going to have to up his total maybe by four or five points a game. Jay Crowder is going to have, probably have to knock down a couple of more threes. They're going to have to probably get more scoring out of Aiton now. Uh, I don't see you know you know Chris Paul playing up against his former city. I guess that's his former team, right? Because he played for the the Hornets, 
and they weren't the Pelicans yet. I, I, can't, I kind of kind of forgot how that went. I think it's the same team. I forget. But uh, Chris, let's, let's put it like this: Chris Paul is playing against his team, you know, his former city. As far as when he first came into the NBA, when he played for the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Uh, so, do I expect a lot more scoring out of Chris Paul? Maybe. You know, Chris Paul's probably going to have to up his game and score more points, knowing that Devin Booker, the firepower that he is, is not in the lineup. You know, probably going to get more points out of Cam Johnson coming off the bench. So we're going to see uh, how that's going to happen, man. Phoenix definitely has the cast uh, to make up for the scoring for Devin Booker, but it's not going to be easy if you got to play up against and defend Brandon Ingram. I am looking forward to that series now because I thought this was probably going to be a 4-0 Phoenix sweep. That's how well they've been playing all year. But what do the Phoenix Suns do now? You got to over, um, you got to try to go in the in Orleans and win game number three to keep this series at bay to be up two to one. That, I think that's the best way they're going to have to do it, as far as uh, uh, win this series. You know, do not let the New Orleans Pelicans gain any more confidence than that they have. They all kind of played well. Uh, like I said, C.J. McComb has played well. Uh, of course, Brandon Engel has been a monster. Uh, Murphy has shot the ball well. Herbert Jones given athleticism to Southpaw. Uh, Valanchunas in the middle as far as defending and in the post. He's a load down there. Uh, so, yeah, they got a lot of guys. Uh, they've done a pretty decent job. Uh, and a backup point guard, too. Uh, Alvarado has done a decent job as well. Uh, they've planned with a ton of confidence on their head coach, uh, Willie Green. But Damn, I mean, I, I'm actually interested to see what the betting line is now, now that uh, uh, Devin Book is no longer there for, well, for the next couple of games, at least, because you already know what hamstrings in any sport, man. Those things suck. Like, they linger. They carry on. They they um, it could be a pain in the ass, basically. Um, I'll, still, I'll still pick Phoenix to win that series with or without Devin Booker. It's just definitely not going to be easy, man. And... I want to switch over to the other series, um, Minnesota and Memphis. And let's see, let's give Minnesota some credit, too. We're, you know, we talked about it as far as beating up on the Clippers last week uh, to win that play-in game uh, to get the uh, seventh seed, right? And I said, I think it was the Chris, pretty much say that no way Memphis loses the series. But they went into Memphis game number one and handed to them, and uh, Anthony Edwards and Kara Anthony Towns had big games. And Anthony Edwards, man, he's he's still lighting it up. I, I'm pretty happy for that guy, you know, as far as uh, his second year. He's not just a highlight dunker. His physicality, he's showing, like, a lot of the power game with his mid-range and shooting shooting the ball well with his range. You add in D'Angelo Russell, who's actually been steady at the point guard. He's another top four NBA. He, was, he probably was the number two pick uh, coming out of Ohio State. And then also Carl um, uh, Anthony Towns, a number one overall pick, and he actually had a very good game. Remember, he had a bad playing game with all those fouls and then really wasn't a factor offensively versus the Clippers last week. Uh, for you know game number one on the road, he, did, he played very well. Uh, not uh, Nas Reed, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, these other guys that contributed with this team, Malik Bleasley, um, very good team, you know, pretty good competitive team. But I think at the end of the day, man, Memphis should like did what they did uh, in game number two on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, John Moran had almost a triple double. 
Uh, it's good to see that Dylan Brooks is back, and he has that scoring punch. And, you know, Bain, a guy who I've been wanting to draft with the Knicks uh, since he came out of TCU, man, he's 223, 25-plus three-point shots on the year. That's a formidable three-guard lineup where all do different things. You know, John Morant's the athletic, um, uh, high-riser, dunker. Yeah, but he can pass the ball and get you assists. He's a smart and athletic. He's going to blow, blow by guys with his athleticism. Dylan Brooks is your typical two-guard who could play off the ball, could shoot three, could drive, penetrate. Uh, it gets you uh, – it's a nice wingman to uh, John Morant where you also have Desmond Bain who's kind of like the opposite of D- D- Dylan, uh, Dylan Brooks as far as attacking the rim and attacking the paint with his mid-range. You could, he's a pure sniper out there. So those three alone are a load to deal with on the perimeter. All right. Uh, but then you also add in Jackson, uh, Jaron Jackson, who's actually, you want to see him come to his own. I know he's battled a lot of injuries. Uh, Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Uh, I just like Memphis's makeup. Uh, I like the leadership that John Morant has with them all year. And they've shown, even when he's not in the lineup, to play very well. So even if John Morant did get hurt, for whatever reason, is going to be able to show that he could, they could play without him. I'm not sure, like, if, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is hurt or if Anthony Edwards is out of the game for long stretches of time. They've been putting up a lot of minutes. If Minnesota is going to be able to survive and play up against that athletic team of Memphis. So it's going to be a good series. Uh, Memphis uh, smoked them in game number two. Minnesota stunned them in game number one. I'm going to continue to watch the series. I still definitely have Memphis. I'm going to keep on going back and forth between each conferences. Um uh, Philadelphia and Toronto. Um, yeah, I watched that game as well. Uh, Philadelphia is probably too much for Toronto. Uh, it, first of all, let's give props to Tyrese Maxey. He had a huge game, number one, with that 38-point performance. Uh, Tyrese Maxey uh, out of Kentucky, uh, going a lot of confident, uh, confidence, uh, playing opposite of James Harden, who hasn't really had to show up. Because remember, James Harden, for all those years in Houston, man, he they would live and die by him, where he actually could defer to a lot of these guys on this team. And when they, they need him to step up, he definitely can. Uh, Tobias Harris had a, ga- a big game number one. Tyrese Maxey had a big game number one. Joel B was pedestrian with his performance. Didn't need a lot from him to really do what they needed to do against, um, uh, do it against Toronto. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of, of fire, firepower coming off that bench with Corbmont, uh, Danny Green. I saw, you know, that's another thing. I said it on, on, on the social media. I said once I saw Danny Green slam dunk the uh, slam dunk the basketball on a fast break, you knew the game was over. That's not supposed to happen. Um, Toronto, uh, nice team, nice. You know, has a lot of core uh, with them, and they got their game number three. Uh, on the way tonight, and it's already early. Toronto with a, a small lead, and I'll definitely be turning into that after you know I finish my piece on them. Um, they're just gonna have to get more out of Siakam. Van, Fred Van Vliet is gonna have to knock down some shots, more shots than any of it. They keep pace with uh, the inside-out game that the Philadelphia 76ers brings to the table. Uh, I want to go back to the Western Conference. I still have – oh, let me go like this. Uh, Philadelphia is still going to win that series, I believe so. Uh, hell of a game by Jalen Brunson. Watch that game in its entirety, man. And that was fun to watch, man. I mean, Cleaver was knocking down threes like crazy in them corners, right? 
uh, Jalen Brunson, and this really is mind-boggling because like, I remember when he was coming out of college into the NBA draft, I'm like, am I missing something? This guy's a two-time national championship winner with the Villanova Wildcats and Jalen Brunson. Like, I don't understand how he fell all the way to the second round. And sometimes it just doesn't make no damn sense. You know the guy to play. You know guys the high school All-American. You know the guy's a winner. And everybody passed upon him. He's going to get paid a lot of money uh, once this season is over, you know. Um, and won that game without Luka Doncic on top of that. Yeah, Utah, a lot of people don't trust Utah. I actually like Utah, and I think they caught a bad break last year because Donovan Mitchell was going into the playoffs off the injury, and they never recovered off that fast start when they had locked up the number one seed in the West, and they ran into a Clipper team that just got the best of them last year in the playoffs. Uh, this year, uh, I know they traded Joe Angles to Portland, but outside of that, um, it's pretty much the same core of the players, uh, Royce O'Neal, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, Bogdanovich. I mean, that's their core. Is, is it enough to make a run in the Western Conference? I think they could. I, I think a hungry Donovan Mitchell could show in so many ways that, that they're ready to uh, take the next step. Uh, nice game, nice winning game number one, but you know after that man, Jalen Brunson had his his career best, and they had no answer for him for three trade. You know going to the paint, and Dallas was without Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, I know uh, Finney Smith had not down a couple of threes. And Cleaver was really hot. Um, they came back in and they beat Utah. So Utah is going to, I think, still going to win the series, honestly, with or without Luka Doncic, uh, whatever he comes back. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's on a mission. Uh, as long as he, if you get production out of him, and which it seems like it's going to be like that, I don't see him cooling off. And then Bonjanovic could just be his wingman and get him 20 to 25 points. And they just not got consistent jumpers. I still think Utah still beats Dallas. I, I think I, I really believe that. I want to go back to the East and talk about Milwaukee and um, Chicago. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, bad matchup for the Bulls, man. I mean, go go up against the uh, defending champions, and I just I mean, it's just self-explanatory. They're just the more the better team, all well-rounded team with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Brooke Lopez. I mean, they got the inside game. They got the outside game. They got shooters. They, they play at a small pace. They could go big. They got Pat Connaughton coming off the bench. who's kind of knocked down some perimeter shots. Has sneaky athleticism, and that's nothing against Chicago. It's just a terrible matchup. I mean, that's the thing about the East. So many good teams that you're just going to get a bad draw. And Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, going to both have to put up like 30 point games each just to keep up with Milwaukee. And I don't see that happening in every game, man. So. Um, Chicago really hasn't really been the same since, you know, Alex Caruso, when he got that wrist injury, when Grayson Allen did his dirty shit and, and broke pretty much, what, four to six weeks for Alex Caruso, they, that version of the Bulls team really hasn't really caught up to what they are now uh, or hasn't, hasn't caught up to what they were then. And I just don't think they're quick enough to beat the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Um, too much firepower from Milwaukee. I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks over Chicago. Uh, nothing against Chicago. I just, you know, Vucevic is a nice player. Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Brown, the point guard. Uh, is it Cody Brown? Kobe Brown? Uh, I mean, Kobe White. I'm sorry. That's his name. Sorry. Uh, nice, you know, filling point guard. No Lonzo Ball. Just not the same team. He just can't 
go up against the defending champs like that. And, and good for Milwaukee because if you were a longtime NBA fan, you knew the rivalry between that those two teams 90 minutes away from each other in Milwaukee and Chicago. Milwaukee is kind of like the shadow city of Chicago. And for a lot of those years, we all know the Bull ran shit um, in the eight, well, and more so in the 90s, late 80s, 90s. Uh, because remember, Milwaukee actually had these very good teams in the 70s. The championship teams were Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They got a championship out of that. And they kind of filtered, but they actually had some very competitive teams in the early 80s before Jordan got there. You know, the Sidney Moncrief teams, uh, uh, Rob Lanier's. Uh, so the Bucks, you know, when when they were good, Chicago was not good. And then when Chicago was good, uh, you know, Milwaukee really wasn't really as good. So it's kind of like they kind of miss each other as far as the rivalry. Like when Milwaukee started to get better again, Chicago's on the tail end of their championship run. Remember the, the Milwaukee Buck teams with Vin Baker, Glenn Robinson, Ray Allen, those teams. That was the end of the Jordan era after the, the dynasty of the second, uh, second three-piece. So these two teams never, to me, was really good at the same time. So, uh, But I still pick Milwaukee to win, for, without a doubt, for sure. Uh, what other team I'm missing in the West? Uh, who? Oh, Denver and uh, Golden State. Well, let's put it like this, man. Um, the Golden State Warriors, uh, without Whipple, without Steph Curry, uh, are actually playing a very good job. They're doing a very good job. Jordan Poole is shooting the ball very well. Klay Thompson doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the all-world guard he was before all the injuries. Uh, Jordan Poole has picked up the slot very, very well. And they have a nice four-guard lineup. You know, Steph Curry, when he's healthy, he came back uh, from the injury, and he had like 34 points shooting the ball out. 20, 34 points in 29 minutes. Uh, Clay Thompson, uh, you know, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. That's a very good four-guard punch that I think is going to be a very tough for the Denver, uh, Denver uh, Nuggets to really keep up with. I mean, everything goes through Jokic. We all know that. But what other contributions are you going to get out of them? Because you don't have no Michael Porter Jr. It seems like forever, and you're paying them all that money. So where are all your uh, contributions are going to come from? Like Will Barton is a nice player, but you need more than that. Aaron Gordon, okay player, but you're going to need more than that. Um, Jeff Green has been on, like, what, literally 11, 12 NBA teams. That's no cap. But – that's not enough if you're not going to be able to defend all the guards in the guard play out of um, uh, the Golden State Warriors. This is, I think this is kind of a bad matchup for Denver, man. And it sucks because they've been pretty good, pretty good season and have been pretty good on this run, and they just run and have these bad breaks, whether it's Portland one year. If it was um, last year in the playoffs when uh, Jokic had, you know, had the technical fouls and got out, um, they got to find a way to slow the guards down for the Golden State Warriors, man. Hopefully they have some bad shooting nights. Yeah, I think Denver could come back and win. Make it a 2-2 series and make it go uh, game five in San Francisco. I definitely think they could definitely do that. So, um, uh, staying up to watch these games, uh, we'll see what happens with that. I think it's going to go back to Denver, and Denver could probably go make this series 2-2. Two two. All right, last series. All right, I think I, think I covered it all, right? I think I got it all. Miami and uh, Atlanta, right? Well, listen to this, man. Um, Jimmy Butler with that 45-point performance in game number two did not really see that coming. I mean, they're just a tough out no matter who is playing them. And Atlanta does not, to me, have that same 
mojo they had when they played in the NBA playoffs last year when they first round with the Knicks and the second round versus the Sixers and the the conference championship versus uh, Milwaukee last year. They don't have that same oomph or I would call it swagger, but that mojo, that magic, it does not seem the same. Same players just does not seem the same. And Miami's just going to outwill you. When I say outwill you, outcompete you. Uh, their their hustle bones is like none other. Kyle Lowry, they got the guy Vincent coming off the bench and knocking down threes. Tyler Hero's like would have been one of the best bench players in the NBA. He's going to get his point. Duncan Robinson when he's in there. Uh, the Martin twin. Uh, they they got a lot of these wing guys that could defend. Uh, Bam Adebayo is is a pretty decent center, kind of overpaid but pretty decent center. And of course Jimmy Butler is the glue of all this. Too much will, too much grit, too much. Too much fire, I would call it firepower, but too much toughness for Atlanta to handle. And remember, Trey Young didn't have a good scoring performance in game number two. Um, I thought he rolled his ankle. I think it was, I'm sorry, Kyle Lowry in game number, was it game number one? I think it was game number one. He fell into Trey Young, but he was, uh, Trey Young ended up being all right. But I don't. I just do not see Atlanta beating Miami in a in this series. I just don't. Um, the bad matchup, man. I mean, you got in uh, through the playing game. Good job as far as um, beating up on the Hornets. You smoked the Hornets in the uh, first playing game, and then the second game, uh, beating uh, up. He had Trey Young had a monster second half versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. But that shit ends now. Like Bogdanovich has been okay. Uh, not you're not gonna get enough out of Kevin Herter, and uh, Trey Young just they're gonna put the clamps on him unless he goes just goes off. They're gonna have to throw bodies at him all series long, and they got the horses to do it, and they got the they got enough snipers to keep them off bay, man. So definitely Miami Heat over the Atlanta Hawks. So you know that that's kind of how I see the first round. Um, my last point. Let me go back to that Celtics net series. Um. You know that that was a hell of a game one. The back and forth, the deficit, the comebacks, the way it finished, um, the 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 drama, the the crowds, it, everything's just been fantastic with that series uh, up until this point. So as by the time I hang up with you guys and you get to listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you make sure you enjoy your 2022 NBA playoffs as well. I'm not sure if we're going to be back on next week as far as the NBA, but keep on tabs with the schedule, and uh, we'll, we'll chop it up, man. Um, so far, decent start to the NBA playoffs in, in the first round. Uh, I just want to make sure I got all the series in my head. I think I covered it all. I think I did. All right, song answer, ladies and gentlemen. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.